Turn with me in your Bibles over to Ephesians, the first chapter. And we're going to read some verses of Scripture here tonight. You know, a lot of times you preach and you use the same Scriptures in different things, but you come at it at a different angle sometimes. And it's still the Word of God. But I, I, I like what Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. That whole book, it's only six short chapters. You ought to just take it and study it every day and, and get it down in your heart and in your spirit. But Paul made a statement. He said, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus, may, that, uh, may, that Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Now, that's important. Revelation in the knowledge of the Lord. And then he said that, that uh, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Amen. That the eyes of your understanding would be there in, 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 in the saints. And what is the exceeding I like the way he uses these adjectives, too, when he describes something about the power of God. What is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us? That's us, me and you. Who believe. Here's that word, believe, again. See, see, you can have knowledge of something, but not believe it. There's a whole lot of people that's got book knowledge but don't have that believing knowledge, <laughs> that revelation knowledge of who Jesus is and what He's done for us. But He said, and that that uh, He He would give us the uh, exceeding greatness of His power, who believe according to the work of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. And then I like the next chapter. And he says, He hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now listen, we've been elevated tonight. I said, we've been elevated. We've been lifted up. We're, we're in a new realm when you become a believer. You're not in the same realm as an unbeliever. The, the unbelievers have no hope. Believers have hope. The unbelievers don't have any promises. We have the promises, and not only promises, but manifested promises. Amen? Uh, unbelievers don't have that revelation knowledge of Jesus. But we have that revelation knowledge because of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, that leads us and shows us and reveals Christ for who He is. So we've got, we've got something big in the Lord tonight. Amen? And I, I just want to talk about the power of God a little bit tonight. But we're going to get into something here. We're going to talk about Martha's faith. How many remember Mary and Martha? Sisters that Jesus knew. And Lazarus that Jesus knew. But we're going to, we're going to talk about them in just a moment. But you see, God wants you. How many knows you're the church? We're the church. God wants the believers to see themselves as God sees us. The reason some people are discouraged because they don't see themselves like God sees them. See, God sees you as an overcomer. 
God sees you as a blood-washed, born-again believer, washed in the blood. God sees you as, as an overcomer in all things. See, God sees us differently than what we see ourselves many times. But we have to start seeing ourselves in the reflection of this mirror. The mirror is the Word of God to us. And we, how many knows you, when you're getting ready or getting dressed, you get in front of that mirror and you get all primped up and make sure your hair is just in place and, and all of this and make sure your tie is straight, Brother Hash, you know, and, and, uh, and all that, you know. <laughs> but, but, you know, we, we, we do that because it's a mirror. But this is the mirror for us to look into. We need to look into the Word of God and see ourselves like God sees us. God sees us as more than a conqueror. God sees you as a believer. God sees you as one that's healed. God sees you as one that's got the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. God sees you as one that has perfect peace in every situation in your life. He sees you as that because that's what Jesus did for us. He doesn't have to come back and do anything else. It's already done. We've been redeemed. I have been redeemed. Amen. We sing, I'm redeemed by love divine, glory, glory, Christ is mine. And that is, I'm redeemed. We're, it's redeemed, past tense. We're, we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And we're already victorious in the name of the Lord. But God wants you to see yourself as He sees you. Amen? And, and how does He see? He sees us triumphant over the devil. He doesn't see the devil triumphing over you. He sees you triumphing over the devil. We're triumphing over the devil because Jesus triumphed over the devil. He's already done it for us. It's already settled. It's a settled fact. It's finished. That's what Jesus said. It is finished. He screamed it out on the cross. It is finished. And what was finished? It wasn't him dying. No, that was only the beginning of it. He became sin and died, but he also went into the lower regions of the earth and got the keys of death and hell away from the, the, key, the keys uh, from the devil. And he's got those keys and given them to us today. Praise God, we've got the keys of authority. Amen. We, we have the keys of authority. And that blood was taken to the, to the throne room of God on the holies of holies. And that blood is eternal blood. And it's powerful. There's power, wonder-working power in the blood. We sing all these songs. But you see what I'm saying? Sometimes we can sing words and not really see ourselves under the blood. Not see ourselves triumphant like God sees us. Amen? So we, we've got to... Uh, we, we're, we're triumphant over the devil. He sees us as... Full of the revelation of who Christ is. He sees you as a believer. Knowing who His Son is and what He did and the revelation, the true revelation of Jesus Christ. He, he wants us to see that and he, want, he sees you like that. Amen? And, and He wants you to know the exceeding greatness of His power. The exceeding greatness of His power. Listen, somebody said, well, if I can just get a little touch and get just a little relief. No, no, no. Let's get the big touch. The exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe. It's all because of, of Jesus' power. Now, there's reference in these thoughts when Jesus encounters Martha. And that's what we're going to go to in John, the 11th chapter. Martha and Mary and Lazarus were good friends of Jesus. Now, you, you know, we, sometimes we, we think of Jesus on the earth, uh, and we don't realize that He had a life on this earth. <laughs> he had friends. He had an inner circle as well as loving all people. 
But he had some close friends that he was close to. And Lazarus and Martha and Mary were some of these people that he was very close to. He would dine with them, have dinner with them, fellowship with them. And so they were very close. Jesus was on a trip with the disciples. And uh, Lazarus became sick. And word came to Jesus. See, they sent word to the Lord saying, Lazarus is sick. Come quickly because he's dying. And the sisters sent word and said, Lord, this is what they said, Lord, behold, the, the one, he whom you love is sick. He whom you love is sick. See, Jesus loved this family, and He loved everybody, you know what I'm saying. The love of God is for everybody. But there was a special uh, friendship there, uh, a closeness that He had a relationship with this family together. And when Lazarus became sick, they they said, the one you love is sick. And Jesus heard that. When He heard this, He said, that sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. (laughs) Now, how many knows when we get word, the first thing we do is we start making plans for the funeral? Now, y'all said what I'm saying? I I mean, really, I mean, I'm not... One day, we're all going to leave this earth by the grave if the Lord tarries. One day, we will all leave this earth by the grave if the Lord tarries. But that's not the end. There's a resurrection coming, too. Thank God for the resurrection. But what Jesus, uh, you know, uh, he heard this and they, they, he said, this sickness is not unto death. It's not unto death, but it's for the glory of God that the Son of Man might be glorified through it. Now, see, a lot of times the Lord doesn't send the sickness. God doesn't. Give, God's not putting the problem up on you, but God sees us in our trials. God sees us when the enemy afflicts us or puts something in us. Sickness, disease, whatever. But the Lord sees that. But you see what it is? God is going to, He's, he's going to bring glory out of this thing when He brings you out of it. Don't blame God for negative things. Amen? But know that whatever the devil's brought, God is aware of it, and God is going to get glory out of it when He gets you out of it. Amen? And God will deliver. He is a deliverer. Sometimes deliverance is like that. Sometimes deliverance takes a period of time. Sometimes it takes months. I've seen it take years for some. But you know what happens? They get delivered. Amen. Doris just gave the testimony of this young man. Tried to kill himself. Shot himself right through here. They give him up. He's alive. Went home. (laughs) That's a miracle. I said, that's a miracle. Did God do that to him? No. But I believe God brought him through it. Because even though he may not be fully surrendered to the Lord, if he was, he wouldn't have tried to kill himself probably. 
as far as being fully surrendered. But the thing is, even though that was there, but the thing is, God brought him through it. And God has a reason. God has a purpose. God has a call. God's got a destiny for him. God's got something for him to do. Hallelujah. And I believe that God will bring him forth and use him. So we need to hold him up in prayer for a spiritual, a spiritual awakening that God will let him see and that he be truly, truly regenerated and born again. Amen? I believe that can happen. Praise the Lord. Now, when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days. <laughs> he stayed two more days where he was when he heard that Lazarus was sick. How many has ever thought, well, I prayed two weeks ago, Lord, where are you? I'm sure Mary and Martha thought Jesus would just come immediately, you know, because he was real close to them. And he would just come. But he tarried two more days where he was. And then he said, let's go to Judea again. <laughs> let's go back to Judea again. And Jesus said, our friend Lazarus sleeps. But I go that I may wake him. Our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I'm going that we can wake him. And then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. <laughs> if he's resting, he'll be okay. He'll be rejuvenated. Finally, Jesus, how, how many knows God has to tell us something plainly sometimes? And Jesus turned to him and said, plainly, he is dead. The Lord already knew he was dead. But he turned to them and had to speak plainly to them because they didn't understand what he was saying. Jesus was talking spiritual talk. Spiritual revelation that they didn't quite understand. And when, when they, they didn't understand it. But then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. And that's when he said, Lazarus is dead. And it's the same today. Some of us only think in the natural realm. Amen. God is a supernatural God. God takes care of us supernaturally. He takes care of our bodies supernaturally. He takes care of our families supernaturally. He takes care of our material needs supernaturally. God is a supernatural God. There's nothing impossible with God. All things are possible to him that believes. And we, we've got to get to that point where we can say, Lord, I believe. I believe. God, we didn't bring this upon ourselves. You don't bring sickness upon yourself. You don't bring troubles upon yourself. But you see, God knows where you are. And once we turn to the Lord, God has the final say-so. God is the one that's going to do it. Now, let's take a look at Martha's faith for just a minute. Remember, Martha was there. She was there when they had already buried Lazarus. And uh, they were mourning for him. And now back in those days, and I think even in some countries today and some, some religions, they have what they call spiritual mourners and professional mourners. They hire them to come in because they, they mourn. Uh, you know, they, 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 because there may not be enough people to, that knew him or her and, and to mourn. So they hire professional mourners to come in and do that. So they had all these mourners out there. And, uh, but G, uh, Martha came running to meet Jesus. She had heard he was coming. 
and she ran to meet him. Now, I was rereading this today, and I said, boy, this is, this is, this is just like a lot of us sometimes, you know. Oh, I'm running to Jesus. And when she got there, Jesus, when he came, he already found out he had been dead four days already. And she met him as he was coming into the city, into the town, in the area there. And Martha's faith was in the past and not in the now. See, she was looking back instead of looking forward. And this is, God doesn't want us to do that. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, now, now look what she said. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How many times have we blamed God? God, if you would have done something, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> Lord, if you'd just if you'd just done this a little quicker, how many knows God's always on time? He's never late. God's always on time. He's not going to be late because that's the kind of God we serve. But listen, look what she did say, Lord, even now. If you'd been here, he would have not died. But she said, even now, I know whatever you ask of God, he'll give it to you. Now, she came and said, he's dead, but whatever you ask of God, he'll give it to you. Somebody said, well, that's great faith. Well, let's see if it is. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. He said, your brother will rise again. And this is what she said. I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I know in the last day he's going to rise again. But that's not what Jesus was talking about. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And he who believes in me, though he may be die, he shall live. Hallelujah. Now, that's the gospel. That's the resurrection gospel. Now, look at Martha for just a minute. Now, here we see her running out there. She's close with Jesus. She's not blaming Jesus. You know, she's not blaming Jesus for what happened. But she's just saying, if you'd only been here four days earlier. If you would have just come when we really needed you. (laughs) Amen? Amen? And Jesus said he's going to rise again. And she said, oh, we know, Lord, we believe that in the resurrection day he's going to come out. And that is truth. That is gospel. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with believing that gospel. But see, God was bringing, Jesus was bringing a faith element in here to her to let her see something. And the death of Lazarus, the death of Lazarus meant the end of Martha's faith. See, a lot of times, the situation and the circumstance, if it doesn't get rectified or supernatural something happen, that's the end of our faith. How many of you ever had a special need in your life? Financially? I think everybody's had a special financial need at times, at, at, at certain times. It's not that you bring it on yourself. That's not what it is. 
But you know what? Sometimes the devil steals. Sometimes he comes in and snatches away and, and does these things. Uh, you may have damage to a car that you didn't know you was going to have. I mean, all kinds of things the devil can do. And he, he can use that against you. But the thing is, we all have these situations where we're just like Martha. And we're just sitting there and said, Lord, I don't know why you didn't come through for me. I, I've had people literally tell me this, Brother Hass. <laughs> They said, you know, Brother Clarence, you preached that God would supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I said, yes, sir. Well, I hate to tell you this, Brother Clarence, but God didn't do that. I said, he didn't? You mean God did not do that? No, sir, he didn't. I said, well, something's wrong. That's not the kind of God I serve. <laughs> the God I serve said He will supply all my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? All. All. Everybody say all. That means all. I don't care what it is. All our need is supplied by Christ Jesus. Amen? But he told me this. He said, well, it didn't happen. I said, well, what are you going to do about it? He said, well, I'm going to quit this church. I said, well, you know, I mean, I hate to see you go, but I don't want you to sit here disappointed, you know. And finally, we got to talking some more, and I said, look. I said, is it really over with? I mean, is it really? I'm talking about the situation he was in. I said, is it really over with? Is it really done? I mean, it, it, can you say that for sure that it's all over with and there's nothing else God can do? He scratched his head and said, well, you know, I just lost my faith. I said, I know. That's where a lot of people are today. We lose our faith in the resurrected Christ and the power of God, the supernatural God that can do all things and do it well. We, we lose our faith. Amen. I, I, I can't play. If I get discouraged, I can't blame nobody else for me being discouraged. I can't go say, uh, Brother, Brother Chalk. I tell you what, I'm discouraged, and you made me discouraged, you know. I can't do that. People don't discourage you. We allow the enemy to discourage us through what maybe somebody says or something like that. But it's not the person that's discouraged. It's the enemy taken. How many knows what discourage means? It means to be drained of courage. See, when you're discouraged, you don't have that fighting spirit. You give up. You just yield to whatever the enemy is bringing your way. You just yield to it rather than to fight. That's why I, I believe that's why Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Listen, there's some action to our faith. 
There's some action to what we're going to see happen. There's actions that we have to do in order to see God fulfill His Word. But there's things on our part, if we're discouraged, we need to get encouraged. What did David do? He encouraged himself in the Lord, and everything he had was lost. Everything. All the women and children were taken captive. The camp had been ransacked. There was nothing left. The men wanted to stone him. And David inquired of the Lord, Lord, what shall we do? And the Lord said, you pursue, overtake, and recover it all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to tell you something. God has the solution, doesn't he? I said, God has the solution. We, we, we just, sometimes we don't like the solution, but he's got the solution. Just rise up. Pursue it. Overtake it. And take it. Take it back. What was that old song we used to sing? I'm going to the enemy's camp. Take back what he stole from me. <laughs> Take back what he stole from me. Take back what he stole from me. Oh, I'm going to the enemy's camp and saying, Devil, I'm taking back what you stole from me. Under my feet. He's under my feet. Satan, you're under my feet. And sometimes we get singing that and we just keep doing it over and over. You're under my feet. You're under my feet. Someone said one time, you know, if you're going to write a message to the devil, write it on the bottom of your shoe. Amen? Because every place the soles of your feet trod, it's yours. Every place that you walk and trod in spiritually, physically, financially, wherever. You, you, listen, you're telling the devil, just right on the bottom of your foot. Devil, you're a liar. Just let him see it real big. Devil, you're a liar. You can't win because I've already won. <laughs> Jesus won it for me 2,000 years ago. And as we, we, as we begin to tell the devil what he can't do, then we're going to find ourselves encouraged in the Lord. Amen. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen? Now, see, the death of Lazarus meant the end of Martha's faith. Your situation may mean the end of your faith. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what, what all that we've been through or going through, but whatever it is, it's not the end of your faith. Jesus is still Lord. He's still the mighty victor. His blood's still powerful. And the defeat he gave the devil is still permanent. It's not haphazardly done or halfway done. He defeated the devil once and for all so that we could have victory in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Now, she believed Jesus had the power to raise up her brother from the sick bed, but not from the dead. God, I know you can do this, but I, I, whether you do it all the way or not, it don't matter. Just do a little bit. No, 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 no. God's, listen, he, we got to get to the point where we can, she believed that God could raise him from the sick bed, but not from the grave. We got to get to that point where we believe Jesus is the resurrection. He's the life. And whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, God has more power than the devil and given you the authority. You have the right to use that authority with the name of Jesus and put the devil on the run. Oh, glory to God. I'm preaching myself happy. <laughs> Martha's faith, that limited faith, restricts the power of God. 
Limited faith will restrict the power of God. If you give in to the devil, you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. If you, if you yield to the enemy in one thing, he'll take something else and make you yield there too. We've got to come to the place where we say, devil, enough is enough. And I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And that word rebuke literally means enough is enough. Devil, enough is enough. I'm tired of what you do. Somebody, I think W.B. Grant wrote a book one time, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> Sick and tired of being sick and tired. Amen. And, that, and that, that's what we've got to come to. But it restricts. She had a fundamental faith. Jesus said, your brother shall rise again. These words were spoken to kindle hope and faith in Martha. Your brother shall rise. And she declared that her fundamental faith in, in, in a great truth, but not enough. She believed that, yeah, he'll rise again in that day. But what about now? See, what about now? Now, we're not saying go out and raise every person that dies, you know. <laughs> That's not what God's saying here. But we've got to get our faith to the point to where it doesn't matter. If, if God's not through with somebody, we've got that right. I said, if God's not through with somebody and the devil snatches them out beforehand, you've got that right. Yeah. Amen. And, and I, I believe that people can be raised from the dead. I believe people have been raised from the dead. I believe people are still being raised from the dead. Amen? I had one preacher, he was with a Baptist preacher, and he was joking with him. He said, well, he said, you know what? Y'all are going to go to heaven first. He said, what are you talking about? He said, well, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and then we which are alive and remain. Well, I tell you, it could be reversed. The Baptist may be the live and remaining. <laughs> We're not against the Baptist. I'm on nationwide TV here. <laughs> you know, what, we, what, we, what God's looking for is a born-again believer. Washed in the blood. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the power of God. Filled with the revelation word of God. And when you get that revelation word of God, something's going to happen. Amen? But Jesus said, your brother shall rise. And Jesus said, with men, in Mark 10, verse 37, with men, it is impossible. But not with God. With men, it is impossible. Everybody say, with men, it's impossible. But see, man can't do it. I can't heal a fly. We, we don't have nothing in us as far as our physical being has the ability to do anything. But we do have the resurrected Christ in us and the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And that makes the difference. With men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. With men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. You ought to go to bed at night and say that about a hundred times before you go to sleep. <laughs> with men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen? So Jesus comes to the tomb. 
Now he's at the tomb. All the mourners are there. And Jesus wept. Now, a lot of people take this as the humanity of Jesus weeping. But if he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, why would he weep? Have you all ever thought about that? I mean, he knew he was going to raise him from the dead. Why should he weep? But I think what he was weeping over was the unbelief that was operating in the people. And he wept over the unbelief. Didn't Jesus, when he was going into Jerusalem, or when he was coming down that walkway, and he looked over Jerusalem, and he wept, and said, Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, I would have gathered you in, and gathered you as a hen gathers her brood. You know, in other words, I would have taken care of you. But, and I believe there was sorrow in Jesus, because he realized they had rejected him. They had rejected him. I want to tell you something, it hurts God. When you reject his truth. How many feelings ever got hurt because somebody didn't believe you? <laughs> we've, all, we've all went through that, right? I mean, you say something, are you kidding? <laughs> of course, they don't mean it that way probably, but it's still kind of an unbelief. But Jesus, he believed and he wept at the tomb. Because of the unbelief and all of that was that, that was there. See, but now then, here comes a time now where unlimited faith is going to come. See, Martha had what you call uh, fundamental faith. You know, how many got? We all got fundamental faith. I know what I believe in. I've been, I've been, I've been hearing this gospel for fifty years. And I know. Listen, that's fundamental faith, but it's not heart faith. Many times, you, you got, you can get the fundamental, but revelation faith. How, how many sees the difference tonight? Fundamental faith is good. Thank God we can, we need that. You got to hear it first. You, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. And you hear the fundamental. Then you got to get that believing faith. And then you got to get that acting faith, where you act on the Word and do what God says to do. But look what Jesus said. He said, your brother is going to rise again. And now, Jesus is at the tomb, and now Mary Martha is going to have to have some unlimited faith. And he, he said to Martha, take the stone away. Roll the stone away. Because I'm going to do something here tonight. Roll the stone away. Martha consented to have the stone moved away. She consented to do that. Now, she couldn't do it physically herself, so she had to have some help, of course. That was a big stone that went over those tombs. And she said, let's move it away. And so, she objected at first. <laughs> The Lord's going to tell you to do some things sometimes, and you're going to object at first. What she'd say? Now, Lord, by now he stinks. He's been dead for four days. And Jesus challenged her. Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God today? Did I not say? 
You know what God's trying to tell us tonight? We say, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. How are we going to do it? Well, Lord, what? Did I not say that I'm the Lord? I change not. Did I not say Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever? Did I not say that if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and you'll have whatever you say? Y'all's Bible read that way? That's faith. So what God is trying to do, He's trying to get us into the unlimited faith, and she objected at first, but then Jesus said, Did I not say to you? And then... You see, what happens is, when, when, he, when they rolled it away, they finally rolled it away, and Jesus stood at the tomb, the mouth of the tomb, and he didn't whisper, he didn't just say, Lazarus, come on out of there, boy. No, he said, Lazarus, come forth. Now somebody said, now why would he shout like that? Because if he just said, come forth, every dead person in those graves would come out. That's the resurrection power of Jesus. But he said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came jumping out. He was already wrapped in his grave clothes, came bounding out of that. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Hallelujah. Loose him. I want to tell you something. There's a lot of times God's going to use us that God's going to do something supernatural in somebody's life, but it's going to be up to us that's around and say, God's saying, now you loose them. You take those, take those bondages off of them. You help get them unwrapped. You help get them, get them unraveled from all of the theology that they've got in them. You know, get them unraveled from all of that stuff that doesn't amount to anything. Let's just focus on Jesus Christ, Him crucified in the power of the blood. Amen? That is the gospel. That is the gospel. So God's asking us to move the stone away. You know, sometimes we have allowed the thing that God has put in our hearts to fulfill be buried. Sometimes we've allowed... I've run across many, many people sometimes that were called... Of God, called of God to be in the ministry capacity. You know, there, there's not everybody is called to be in the ministry capacity as far as pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists. Te- you know, how many understands what I'm saying? Not everybody is called in that. We should all be able to teach our younger ones and and teach. The, the older women should teach the younger women. And, you know, how many knows that that's, that's the way God does it? But there's a specific calling of God. There's a specific calling of God. And there's many times that I've met a lot of people that have never fulfilled that call and that thing that God placed upon their heart and anointed them to do. They never fulfilled it. Because it was buried. But I've also seen some of them come alive. <laughs> I was in a revival uh, down oh, in the south. I think it was Louisiana or Mississippi is one of them. And uh, there was an elderly man sitting there. And he'd been coming every night to the revival, every night. And all of a sudden, he just began to weep like a baby. Weep like a baby. You know what God was showing him? 
He was saying, you haven't fulfilled it, but it's still there. See, God, the gifts and calling are without repentance. It's still there. God has it in you. Whatever it might be, God has it in you. And God will allow you to come to that place. Listen, God, God can, if it's just for a short time, God will just anoint you and you just see all kinds of things happen. Amen? Because God doesn't let the dream die. He doesn't let that call, that special divine call, die. And we, sometimes we've, we've allowed it to die and be buried. I want to tell you something. God still wants to use us for the glory of the Lord. God wants to use you for the glory of God. God wants to let that anointing that's in you flow and let it rise up within you. Listen, some of you here, God wants to use you in the gifts of the Spirit. But what we got to do, somebody says, well, I wish we'd have more gifts. Well, get yourself, come out of that grave. The Lord said, come out. And then we're going to loose you. So that that anointing for that specific thing will begin to function in your life. And God's people will be blessed. God's not done with you yet. Turn that person next to you and say, God's not over yet. It's not over yet. <laughs> It's not over yet, praise God. <laughs> Nothing's impossible with God. We often hear this saying, "Seeing is uh, believing is seeing. You know, believing is seeing. In other words, if you can see it, you'll believe it. If you can see something physical, you'll believe it. But this is not true. You believe, and then you see. Amen? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But we have to believe, and then we'll see it. When you got saved, you know what you had to do? You had to believe that God did what He said He would do through Jesus Christ, and God got a hold of you, and you came to the altar and you repented, and the Lord got a hold of you. Some of you got a good old dose of it, and some of you got a double dose of it, and some of you got a triple dose of it. <laughs> but you remember that day. That's because God called you out of the tomb. One day He said, Brother Hash, Wayman, live. <laughs> Brother Brady, he said, Brady, live! Amen? God's not done. I said, God's not done. Listen, we're, you, put a mirror in front of you. If you see, if you see foggy stuff on it, you know, you're, you're still alive. God's not done. <laughs> we're still here. And God wants to do something in our life. God's glory will be revealed in our unlimited faith. When we have unlimited faith. Unlimited faith. You ought to just reread that story about Martha. And see what God's speaking to you about. Because God's not done yet. Amen. Amen. Lift your hands and just thank God tonight for something. Hallelujah. Father, we just praise you. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We praise you, Father, that your word is truth. We praise you, Lord, that your word is truth. <laughs> 
Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. You know, all God wants you to do is just one thing, and that's have faith. Faith. Sometimes we, we get the cart before the horse. And, you know, but what God wants you to do is walk with Him day by day in faith. And as you walk day by day in faith, you're going to begin to see the results of that walk with the Lord. Amen. Let's sing this old song. We sing it a lot, but it's a good old course. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God for deliverance. Have faith in God. One more time. Oh, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God for deliverance. Have faith in God. Hallelujah. Well, did that help somebody tonight? <laughs> I hope so. I helped myself if it didn't help you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. But I believe God gave it for all of us. Amen. Have faith. Have faith. Let's stand our feet tonight. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We're going to hear a good report, Sister Ramona. We're going to hear a good report, Sister Ramona. Amen. Amen. Did you hear me? I said, we're going to hear a good report. <laughs> Hallelujah. I believe that. I believe that. Nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible with the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Brother Wayman, just dismiss us, would you?